on the Spencer's of Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fests, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Hey there, fanboys. This is Rick Brett Snyder, Moral Compass of the Fanboy Planet Podcast, bringing you a special report from self-proclaimed cub reporter Nate Costa. Nate's at the Image Expo this week, so let's go to Nate right now. Listen up, fanboys. Cub reporter Nate Costa here. I'll be at Image Expo Saturday, February 24th and Sunday, February 25th, getting as many interviews as possible with the Image Professionals. You are welcome. Hello, fanboys. I am here with Jim Valentino at Image Comic Expo, 20th anniversary of Image Comics. Jim, how are you this fine Saturday morning? I'm ambulatory. Excellent. So you've got a few issues of uh, blank cover of Shadowhawk here, Image United. What is, uh, what's on your plate these days with comic books and creating, etc.? Uh, not doing a whole lot of drawing or writing myself, but I'm publishing a lot of, a lot of books. Uh, Greenway, Peter Panzerfaust, Morning Glories, etc. That is excellent. I'm going to get into some ridiculous questions here. What is your favorite word, Jim? Help. What is your least favorite word? No. (laughs) So you've been in comics for quite a while. How many years have you been a comic book professional? Oh, God. Uh, At least 736. (laughs) That is way more than I've been alive. Uh, I remember being a young 7th or 8th grader when Shadowhawk number 1 came out with the foil cover. And I dropped my copy, and the cover uh, bent in the corner. And I went back to the comic shop, and they were selling it for $50. Uh, How many volumes of Shadowhawk were there? I remember I had to drop out of comics at some point in my late uh, middle school career due to lack of funds. I do remember a volume two, a volume three. Was there a volume four? Yeah, it was, but it wasn't called Volume 4. It just numbered sequentially from, from that point. So it started with 12, I think, something like that. Excellent. I remember the, was it a third, or was it a fourth guy as Shadowhawk? It was a different person again? Um, geez, I don't remember. <laughs> Excellent. That's about all I've got. Uh, if you want to plug anything, now is the time. No, we're good. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up by Peter Panzerfaust, by uh, Green Wake, and um, there you go. That's it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. That is Jim Valentino at Image Expo. All right, I'm here with uh, 
You guys, Dipstick Swagger, is that your name? Dipstick Swagger. That's I'm here with name. Dipstick Swagger, Jacob Tiramari, Steven. Steven and Dash. And Jacob is going to go ahead and give me their uh, information starting now. So we're a group of stand-up comedians who also love comics, and we decided to combine our two interests. We put on a nerd comedy show and recorded it on a CD, which we have for sale here at the convention. It's basically nerd comedians telling their nerdiest jokes to a nerdy audience. 70 minutes of nerd jokes. 70 minutes of nerd jokes, yeah. Uh, jokes about comic books and Star Wars and Highlander, basically the stuff that we're interested in that wouldn't really go over with a regular audience. We really just want this to be for nerds. Uh, we also have a zine that we put out of our webcomics, uh, stuff that we're trying to do on our comic label uh, that will be hosted on our website, dipstickswagger.com. Uh, some jokes, some sci-fi, basically whatever we're interested in. Twitter.com slash dipstickswagger. You can email us at dipstickswagger at gmail.com. That is stupendous. Now there's some art sketches here on the table that it looks like uh, Tiramari's doing. Is he the only artist or can any of you other guys draw too? Check this out. We can draw, but we are not artists. Uh, so if you look at this is us, for, for, any, for every commission that Tiramari does, Steven and I not artists will draw a better version of that, <laughs> of that drawing. Uh, so you got Zangi, uh, uh, Blanca. Uh, this is Steven's version of Blanca. He fights streets. Uh, we have some original characters. So, uh, we have an original character that we're trying to pitch. It's a combination of my favorite characters, Iron Man and Hellboy. And if you combine them, you get Man Boy, which is the coolest aspect out of both of them, I would yeah, think. Yeah, you took the best of both worlds. I want to take a picture of this with my cell phone so we can put this on the, uh, the web page because that's um, ridiculous and hilarious at the same time. Man Boy never finishes any of his adventures. He doesn't finish any adventures because he rage quits them. His powers include ill-fitting clothes and lollipops. His weaknesses include things that are mean. Awesome. Uh, so you, okay, so you said you do stand up. Where can we go see your stand up and give us some upcoming dates? You can catch us uh, at uh, clubs like the Purple Onion around in San Francisco, the Punchline. Jacob Rubin is actually at the Punchline very soon. Uh, if you're in the Bay, East Bay, you can catch us at my venue, the Fourth Wall, and that's uh, the Fourth Wall Comedy uh, .com, and we do shows there. Oh, go ahead. Just tell about. Uh, just check out our website, Dipstick. DipstickSwagger.com as our art, as our upcoming show info and um, just videos. We're going to be playing uh, sketches of stuff, so that'd be cool. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm here with Joe Keating. Good Lord, how many awards have you won? He's got Glory, he's got Hell Yeah. Go ahead and name off all the awards while I think of some other questions. Uh, well, awards? Uh, just uh, I got an Eisner for Pop Gun, and uh, we got a, a Harvey for Pop Gun, too. So, I'm not so concerned about that as much as I am just writing comics. I mean, it's nice. It's, it's flattering for the books, you know. I mean, the pop gun was not me. It, it was a lot of people, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I read issue, uh, well, I guess it's 23 of Glory, which was good. And, uh, hell yeah, I just purchased, and I can't wait to read that. Thank you. So, I'd like to get some uh, WrestleMania speculation before we get into the comic book stuff. <laughs> Uh, you go ahead and tell me what you think, because I know you're a big fan of The Rock. Right. So proceed. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, The Rock is pretty much my all-time favorite human being, you know, outside my family. Um, but uh, he, he's going to lose. It's because it's, the old dudes always put up the, the new dudes, you know what I mean? It, it, it would be awesome if he won. Like, I would be very happy, but there's just no way. Like, it's going to be Rock. Or it's going to be Cena all the way, as much as I like it to be The Rock. 
So I'm here with Josh Williamson, actually, who's right. also... I'm sorry, this is what happened. Well, this is Josh Williamson piping in with uh, WrestleMania speculation. Yesterday, I had this conversation. Okay, so John Cena, if he wins or loses, that doesn't matter. He has to walk out of that fight as the bad guy. Like, on Monday, he yeah, has to be the bad guy. It's not going to happen. Dude, the story's over. John Cena's story is over. It's done. Yeah, like, but it makes... No, it, 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 it not, not, not while it's making so much money for WWE. He can still make so much money with him, dude. As a heel, he was a heel when he started out. He was super popular. I, that, 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 that doesn't apply. If he comes out Monday rapping, <laughs> I win. <laughs> so I guess me and Josh are going to get in a fight. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, literally. That is the only place his character can go now. He has to go heel. That is it. Yeah. So and here's the thing. I don't buy it. if he beats The Rock, people are going to boo like crazy. And you may need to stand up and flip off the audience. It'd be awesome. There's the thing. The moment he goes heel, that's why I'll start applauding. <laughs> it would be interesting. It's like The Rock. It's like it would be awesome if it happened. I don't. You know who? You know Bill Roseman? Bill Roseman's the editor at Marvel. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah. He has a story where uh, he was at uh, the WrestleMania where I think John Cena lost to Randy Orton or something, right? right. right? And uh, I guess that morning they did this whole breakfast with like little kids thing for John Cena, uh-huh. like like you know, not make a wish but something like that, right? And so the next day there or that that night they're at WrestleMania, and so Bill's sitting there and the entire like three rows in front of him are all those little kids. It was the moment John Cena lost. <laughs> they were just like in balls. It was like, like their hero had lost the war. You know, they're like ah, all crying. I want to see that again. <laughs> well, so there's that. But not because, <laughs> but not because. You know why I want to see that again? I want to see it because not only did John Cena either win, but because he won by cheating or being a bad guy. That's why. There you go. There you go, you, you want him to embrace the hate? Yes. Yes. They're building to it. They've been building to it for years, man. It's time. It's time to pull the trigger. Uh, not convinced. <laughs> it's interesting, but I'm not convinced. Um, so there's the, 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 the there's do, that. What are they gonna do on Monday? Rock wins. What are they gonna do on Monday? You've not seen them fumble storylines all year long. Perfect world. Yeah, no, perfect world with the 100 billion percent, but an actual WWE flubbing storylines left and right. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that, that, that's that's what's happening there. Um, Punk Jericho, I actually don't know, and I'm fine either way. Like CM Punk is my current favorite wrestler, like in terms of guys actually active. But like if Jericho won, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. And actually, I think it would be more interesting dramatically if Jericho won anyway. Well, it's weird because, like, Jericho, yeah, Jericho is my favorite of all time. Right. Yeah, like, Jericho's my favorite of all time, but CM Punk is my favorite currently. Right. So that's a match I'm really looking forward to, but I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. You know? yeah I have one question. If Jericho is your favorite all time and Punk is your favorite now, what are your feelings that Jericho came back and didn't talk for three weeks in a row and is now actively wrestling? Is he almost your favorite again? No, he's still my favorite. I mean, it's the idea that, like, CM Punk is, you know... They're co-favorites. Awesome. Like, CM Punk is great. He's really yeah. good. But, you know, Trigo's only coming back for a little bit just to help out, I think. Because there's nobody on the roster. Right. And they didn't know what to do with CM Punk. Right. You know, Jericho coming back makes sense. Right. You no, know, I, I think Jericho's great. Him coming back and not talking was perfect. It was funny because, you know, that's his whole thing. He always talks. Comes back and doesn't talk. It was rad. What did you think, Joe? Uh, I'm sorry, I was distracted because Brandon Seifert, who writes Witch Doctors with us, and I'm just noticing his lightning bolt socks and his tie are color-coordinated, and they're both neon green, so I got a little distracted from WWE. But no, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I'm happy. I don't know. You all right? All right. Yeah, either way, I'm happy, you know. Um, Triple H, Undertaker, I want Undertaker to retain his uh, streak. Agreed. I think he has deserved it. I would actually be kind of upset if he lost. I have to agree on that. You know, as much as a guy can be upset about personally, which I'm going to tell you is a lot. Um, so there's that. And then, 
What am I forgetting? There's that there's that Raw SmackDown thing. I don't really have any feelings either way. The, the Battle Royale thing. Uh, what am I What am I forgetting? I guess they're building up uh, Big Show and Daniel Bryan. Oh no, no, um, Cody Rhodes. Again, I don't really have any feelings either way. Daniel Bryan versus um, Sheamus. Sheamus. Sheamus is gonna take that, right? Uh, yeah. If, if anybody who's the, the face is gonna win at the show, it'll be. Him. Yeah. I mean, just again, it's like from a dramatic standpoint, if Daniel Bryan retains, nothing happens. Nobody's but, gonna care. Yeah. That, that's that's, that's gonna yeah. be. That's just gonna kind of like. Bah, bah. It'll yeah. just one of those moments where you're like, oh, Daniel, that's it. All right. Yeah. So. All right. So let's. Uh, hear a little bit about glory and hell yeah sure we'll start with glory okay. which obviously you are opening up with issue 23 here so there was a run from issues 1 through 22 somehow this escaped my knowledge when i was a young lad <laughs> so give us a little background on uh, glory here so glory is this uh warrior from another essentially another dimension who was uh born to unite these two warring factions and basically if either one ever got out of line um she would just destroy them um, or, um, you know, um, if, if all things went well, she would eventually lead them. So it's a, kind of a conflict. But after a while, after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of this, she uh, decides, ah, I'm kind of tired. Earth seems like it happened in place. I'm going to go check that out. And it's been on Earth for close to 100 years. And uh, it's this is taking place, well, about 100 years in her, her run here. And uh, she's been missing for about roughly about five years. And uh, this young reporter goes to find her and finds out things have, have, have gotten really, really bad. So it's about her, kind of what her place is now and what happens when, well, I can't say too much beyond that, actually. You need to buy Glory 23. There you go. Speaking of which, their spoiler alert is a Supreme sighting. Yeah. And as we know, Supreme is going to be starting up again with uh, Eric Larson. Will there be any crossovers in the future? With Glory and Supreme, or can you not say? Um, well, I mean, I do want to have cameo stuff for a while, like uh, you know, little little things here and there. But I do really want to rebuild Glory as a character. I think there's um, a lot of people. Oh, hey, you're doing your Wonder Woman, and I'm not. I mean, I like Wonder Woman. The Wonder Woman comics right now, Cliff Chang, Azarello are amazing, but I don't want to write that character right now. I would love to someday, but right now I really want to write Glory, you know, and I really want to define her as her own character. Um, so I'm trying to avoid having too many other characters in there right now. Um, but I did want to start hinting around about her relationship with Supreme and the sort of antagonistic relationship she has with him and to differentiate between Wonder Woman and, and Superman. That they, they, Glory and Supreme do not get along. He thinks she's reckless. She thinks she's a dick. So, I mean, you know, he doesn't really have any respect for him. She's probably the only person on Earth who could split him in half if something went wrong. So... Awesome. And then, hell yeah, I have not had a chance yet to read the ash can that I just purchased, but give us a little background on hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah is an uh, idea for a comic I kind of had ever since I really got inspired to write comics through Image. I uh, It's about um, superheroes appear 20 years ago. It takes place now. Superheroes appear for the first time 20 years ago and just revolutionized the way society operates and, uh, you know, uh, culture and, uh, you know, sports industries collapse because, you know, superheroes exist. So it's not about the superheroes, though. It's about the generation raised in that world and how they're trying to find their place. And it focuses on this guy, Ben Day, who's um, kind of actually also kind of a dick. And also, I don't know why it's with me. You're writing people who are assholes all the time. Perhaps autobiographical. I don't know. It's not for me to decide. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, 
he's trying to figure out his plays in this world and the super world sort of uh, forces him in to that so that's all about I can say it for now excellent I look forward to reading it um, okay what is your favorite word Joe I have no idea why this is it but it's kind of jabberwocky I guess I don't know <laughs> what is your least favorite word can't what was your favorite comic book as a kid Savage Dragon how old are you 29 alright that makes sense then (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you could do any job that you're not currently doing what would it be and you cannot be a comic book creator producer anything that has to do with comic books well there's nothing else I want to do writing comics is it Okay, but you can't. You can't do that. I have no plan B. I don't know. Maybe writing video games or something. I I really. It's never occurred to me. I don't know. I don't like. There is nothing else in the world I want other than comics. Nothing that like interests me. Like I would like to do work in some video games or or movies. It'd be cool. TV would be cool. But like, to me, it's like comics is my core. You know, I need to have. Comics has to be an essential part of. My life, basically. You know, otherwise, I, I don't know. I don't think I can operate without them. So, I don't know. I, 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 you know, hopefully, uh, I don't hear this recording years later when everything goes horribly wrong. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, that's it. Sorry. Excellent. Answer. No, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Do you have anything upcoming that you'd like to plug? Not that I can say. Uh, Glory and Hell yeah are kind of the, well, I was talking about core, the core of my year here. But I got some stuff coming out towards the end of the year that, uh, Probably be announced uh, in summer. So we'll look forward to that at Comic-Con? I don't know. We'll see. Sometime. Superb. Thank you, Joe. Have a wonderful weekend. And right now I'm just trying to figure out how to stop this. Okay, Nate Costi here at Image Expo with Richard Starkings. Fin to the program. Uh, We've got a bunch of Elephant Men stuff on the table. Can you talk about... Volume Zero and Issue 38 going to press next weekend. Sure. Well, Volume Zero collects all the War Toy stories featuring Yvette, a very popular character that appeared in the miniseries. Originally was published in black and white. We've colored it up. Greg Wright has done some beautiful coloring on it. We've also collected Issues 34 and 35. The Yvette one-shot that came between Issues 20 and 21. A fragment from Issue 26. A whole backup story that's been running in the back of the regular Elephant Men uh, called Patient Zero by Rob Steen. So it's as usual, it's 312 packed pages of Elephant Men. Uh, we got a Boo Cook Moritat sketchbook in the back. And uh, it's one of the um, collections I'm, I'm most proud of. It's a really um, beautiful looking book designed by J.G. Rochelle here. And a beautiful cover by Boo Cook. Uh, who also did the cover of Elephant Man 38, which goes to press next week. That's our regular artist, Axel Medellin. And that features uh, the mysterious killer, Razorback, who uh, wears the skull of one of our regular characters, Tusk. And um, 38 is a big uh, reveal issue. That's all I can tell you. Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> so it's obviously it's 20th anniversary of Image. Hence the yeah. big event. No. So, 
Do you have any feelings about Image, 20th anniversary? I know you've been with Image for a while, so what are your feelings on that? Well, actually, we've been uh, working with Image since Wildcats issue 7. I'm not sure if we lettered anything prior to that, but um, that's probably two years in. So we've been working with Image in one capacity or another. You know, we designed Astro City. JG designed all the Astro City trade paperbacks, which originally began at Image. Uh, Battle Chasers. I did the Battle Chasers logo. We worked on Danger Girl with Jeff Scott Campbell. Wild Siders with Jeff Scott Campbell. We um, worked on Red Star, which was a big image book in the late 90s. So there's a lot of memories. Um, also, it's the 20th anniversary of Comic Craft later this year. So um, Comic Craft and Image kind of grew side by side and uh, informed one another because a lot of the lettering artists that worked at Marvel and DC went to work at Image and left a opportunity for us to start doing digital lettering at Marvel and DC, and then eventually our work got the attention of the creators at Image. So um, I think it's a great thing that there's a comic book company, an independent comic book company, championing creator rights, celebrating its 20th anniversary, because that means there's a whole generation of comic book readers who are in their early 20s, mid-20s, who can't remember a comic book industry without the, the, the Image comics. Whereas I can remember the days when, if you wanted to self-publish, it had to be black and white. It had to be like Cerebus, Turtles, or uh, ElfQuest, I think, was originally in black and white, and um, uh, Love and Rockets. So those were the independent titles in the early 80s. Uh, and they, you know, some of them came out regularly. Cerebus was certainly very regular. Um, but um, it was quite a turning point for people to be able to publish comic books that looked smelt and felt like Marvel and DC comics but in actual fact had higher production values Image did a lot to raise the production values because a lot of artists weren't happy uh, with the quality of colouring they would get or the choice of colourist or the choice of lettering artist or the choice of printer or the type of paper or why not raise the price a little and, and put out a better package overall so you know, rather than that uh, money being siphoned off by the big corporations, um, the creators took the money and invested it in their own projects. So, you know, I really admire and respect all the image creators who built studios, gave opportunities to other creators. Eric Larson was very generous in, um, you know, sharing the love at uh, Highbrow Entertainment, I think his studio was called, and... Jim Lee built Wildstorm, which, without which we wouldn't have had Danger Girl, uh, Battle Chasers, Steampunk, um, Astro City. Um, and the same goes for Tom McFarlane Productions, same goes for Top Cow. They really raised the bar in terms of quality packaging. And that means that, you know, we were in a position with Elephant Man. I was approached by both Eric's, Eric Larson and Eric Stevenson, the current publisher, they approached us to bring Hip Flask, which I'd self-published, to Image. So um, I've been able to benefit from Image's position on creator ownership. And, uh, you know, when the Elephant Man was optioned for a movie, they came to me, not to my publisher. And I had the choice. And that makes a big difference. You know, being able to make choices about your comic book creatively, um, business, 
decisions, all those things, is enormous. And so we have an enormous debt of gratitude, and you can tell by the amount of people that are here, Image is a very popular company that's really here to stay. Absolutely. All right. Time for some inane questions. What is your favorite word, Richard? Wombat. What is your least favorite word? Peculiar. When you were a young lad, what was your favorite comic book? Uh, Countdown. It was a, a weekly comic book in both color and black and white. It was on a photogravure press, which means it was really high-quality printing. And it featured comic strips based on Doctor Who, UFO, Thunderbirds, Stingray, Fireball XL5, um, Tomorrow People. There's some beautiful work by artists like John M. Burns, Jerry Haylock, um, Harry Linfield, Frank Langford, Mark, Martin Noble, um, Ron Embleton, all the sort of great British illustrators of the 60s and 70s worked on this particular comic book, and it was just a revelation for me. It was the comic book that sort of sucked me away from the television by adapting television programs into comic books, and I always preferred the comic books to the TV shows. In some cases, I barely watched a TV show, but I avidly read the comic book. There was a great Space 1999 strip. Most of the strips were written by... Uh, Dennis Hooper or uh, Angus Allen who also did uh, strips in um, Lookin which was the second comic that I got into and then 2000 AD 2000 AD was the comic that I really sort of attached myself to and uh, really enjoyed because it was full of great ideas just the way that Marvel Comics was full of so many great ideas in the 60s 2000 AD was full of great ideas, great characters, great artists. Brian Bolland, Dave Gibbons, um, Mick McMahon, Kevin O'Neill. These guys all cut their teeth on 2000 AD. And the characters that that comic book produced were Judge Dredd, Strontium Dog, Robohunter, Robusters, Slain, Nemesis. Um, so they weren't trying to recreate comics that we'd already seen. They were creating brand new characters and brand new strips, and it was just an explosion of imagination, which is, again, that's what attracts me about image comics. It's an explosion of imagination. I'm looking at this big image eye behind you, and I can see Savage Dragon, Scud, Haunt, Godland, Madman, Elephant Man, Reed Gunther, Little Depressed Boy, Emmy Town, um, Green Wake, Blue Estate, Red Wing, Skull Kickers. It's just an explosion of great ideas. And, you know, there's The Walking Dead over there. There's uh, Jack Staff over there. There's, there's no category that Image Comics doesn't satisfy. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> I think that would about wrap it up unless you have anything uh, you want to add or plug or now is your chance. All right. Um, happy Such birthday. as Comicraft maybe or happy birthday to someone. Happy birthday uh, Image Comics. Happy birthday Comicraft. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Chris Hardwick, host of The Talking Dead. Chris, Image Expo, your thoughts. Wait. Um, my thoughts... Uh, it's nice to come to a Comic-Con where they actually have comics. Agreed. <laughs> so Talking Dead is pretty much the uh, watch what happens live for everyone that's not a 35-year-old housewife. Whose idea was that? 
I believe it was actually the people who do watch what happens live. Uh, the it, we're part of the we're part of the after show revolution. Uh, but it's good because a lot of these shows. I mean, not every show needs an after show to blab about it, but. There's just there's so much the density of yeah. murder and drama is like you just like you just need a little decompression and I, and that's that's sort of what we provide just a light decompression after you know because Walking Dead is one of those shows where you immediately pick up the phone and call your friends and you're like holy fuck did you see what just happened uh, so it's that's sort of what we are I'm surprised it wasn't called holy fuck did you see what just happened but I guess because of standards yeah they probably wouldn't let that on TV I like the uh the tribute to those that we've lost every week. Yep. It's my favorite part of the show. Um, you got anything you want to plug real quick before I ask you some stupid questions? N- uh, Nerdist, I guess. Nerdist.com. Stuff there. What is your favorite word, Chris? Um, my favorite word is... Uh, dick tits. What is your least favorite word? Tit dicks. Frightening. Uh, what was your favorite comic book as a young lad? I actually, I liked, I liked uh, humorous comics, and so there was uh, Peter Porker, The Amazing Spider-Ham, and and The Adventures of Gru, The Wanderer. I loved. I, I loved the sillier ones because I was such a comedy nerd growing up that uh, that's I, I for me it was always about comedy. Excellent. That's about all I got. This has been Chris Hardwick, aka at Nerdist on Twitter and Nerdist.com, host of The Talking Dead. Did you want me to? Did you want me to tell you to, to go f- fuck yourself? Oh, yeah, let's do a different okay. one first. Thanks, Nate, for that memorable set of interviews. We're expecting Nate to be at Image Expo on Sunday as well, so there's likely going to be a follow-up podcast sometime later this week. Anyway, this is Rick Brett Snyder for Nate Costa, signing off. Okay, Nate Costa here, and Chris Hardwick is signing autographs with Robert Kirkman at a table. I'm going to try to interview him. Chris, can I get a quick interview for uh, Fanboy Planet? Um, no, Nate, but you sure can go fuck your own dick tits <laughs> really hard a lot. Great. Th- thanks. Thanks, Chris. Sure. That was an epic fail, guys. <laughs> And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.